With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today is episode 447. It's titled, Our car was attacked. Is property crime increasing? About a week ago, LaPro and I were attending a family wedding in the East Bay area. Lovely event. And as we were returning our rental car to the airport, we got off the highway near the Oakland airport, and I stopped at a Chevron station on Hegenberger Road. It looked like a clean station. There was a choice between two to choose from. I filled the car with gas and got back in the car and was getting ready to start it when we heard a giant crash. It startled us, and then we heard another crash. LaPrell looked and yelled because there were his hands reaching into the back of the hatchback of the Venza that we rented from Fox Rent-A-Car. Two hands trying to steal our bags. I immediately jumped out of the car without even thinking and yelled, get, get out of here. I ran around the car, and the thief... By then, jumped into their escape car, and they took off without actually getting anything. There was glass, obviously, all over our luggage. I get back in the car, and LaPro says, oh, should we call the police? And I, I no, I'm, I'm getting out of here. What if they come back? I saw them drive around the corner. It was a gray car, tinted windows. I didn't get the, the license plates. So we drove to the airport and dropped the car off, reported it to the attendant there. When he saw what happened... He basically could tell us exactly where we went at that Chevron station. I asked him how many of the cars that visit that gas station that return there have their luggage stolen or their window smashed. He said 80 to 90%. He says they warn people all the time, don't go there, as well as the In-N-Out burger right next to it, because so many thieves are smashing windows or just opening doors and taking luggage. Within a couple hours on that same day, we had some extended family members go to the same gas station. Two of the occupants of the car went inside the gas station. There was one gentleman that remained in the car, and another car pulled up right behind them, went to the front seat, opened the trunk latch, and stole their luggage, unfortunately. I afterwards looked at the reviews of this gas station, one and a half stars, and it lists individuals after individuals that had things robbed at the station. One reviewer says, I told the Hertz car rental attendant at Oakland Airport I was robbed. He asked if I got gas at the Higginberger Chevron. Wow, he reads minds. He proceeded to tell me that four other people were robbed that same day and how many other people were victimized that we don't know about from National Thrifty Dollar. How many were robbed and didn't bother to report it? He said some did not realize they were robbed until after they got gas and opened the trunk at the car rental lot. Now, I've not heard back from Fox Rental Car. They said they'd call me. I'm shocked that the counter agent didn't warn me. I'm equally shocked they gave me a car with Florida plates, which obviously indicated I wasn't local. As I thought about that, and other anecdotes we read about with shoplifting, 
organized retail crime, smash and grabs. There's the impression that, wow, things are really getting bad in this country. So I thought I would look and to see how bad they've gotten. Turns out the trend in crime, including property crime, is down over the past decades. In the United States, and this is data from the FBI, in 1992, there were 751 violent crimes annually per 100,000 people. Violent crime includes murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. In 2014, it hit a low of 361 violent crimes per 100,000 people. That's a 52% decline from 1992 through 2014. And then we've had a slight uptick. In 2021, there were 392 violent crimes per 100,000 people. Again, that compares to 361 in 2014. Now, there's, there's been some challenges in the most recent data because the FBI has moved to a more comprehensive national incident-based reporting system. And so in the most recent year of data, only about half the agencies in the country reported. So it, that's for that 2021 data. But if we look at other statistics focused on property crime, robbery, theft, this is from Statista, that's pulling data just on property crime from the FBI. In 1991, there were 5,140 incidents of property crime per 100,000 people. In 2021, it's down to 1,933. A 62% decline in property crime. You look at the, the graph and it, there's a downward slope. Now, you wouldn't think that based on the anecdotal incidents. Now, that doesn't mean that's national. Oakland clearly has much higher property crime rates than the rest of the country. This is from bestplaces.net. They use a ranking of 0 to 100, with 100 being high crime. Oakland property crimes at 81.2 versus 35.4 across all the United States. Surprisingly, New York City, 24.9, lower than the national average. San Francisco has similar property crime rates as Oakland at 79.2, but its violent crime rate is about half that of Oakland. If we look overall at the trends within Oakland, in the last three years, there has been an increase in property crime as well as violent crime. So robberies are up. This is just the six months through June 2023 compared to the other six-month periods going back to 2015. Robbery is as high as it's been in the last six years as is auto burglaries, motor vehicle theft. It's gotten so bad in Oakland that the NAACP issued an open letter that said, Oakland residents are sick and tired of our intolerable public safety crisis that overwhelmingly impacts minority communities. Murders, shootings, violent armed robberies, home invasions, car break-ins, sideshows, and highway shootouts have become a pervasive fixture of life in Oakland. We call on all elected leaders to unite and declare a state of an emergency and bring together massive resources to address our public safety crisis. African Americans are disproportionately hit the hardest by crime in East Oakland and other parts of the city, but residents from all parts of the city report that they do not feel safe. Another data source on crime nationally is the Council on Criminal Justice. In looking at property crimes the last few years, and this is based on 35 American cities, so not represented of the entire country, but robberies 
which is a theft committed with force or a threat of force. I, I don't know if you're in a car and the thieves smash your window and try to grab your luggage. Is that robbery? They didn't necessarily threaten us, but they clearly threatened our car and scared us. But if we look at robberies, they were down in 2020 and 2021 during the pandemic, but increased 5.5% in 2022, but are still 4% lower than in 2019. There's not been a big uptick there. There were fewer residential burglaries in those 35 cities compared to 2021. Non-residential burglaries increased 11% in 2022, but are still 8% lower than 2019. Larceny, which is theft that is not accompanied by force or breaking an entry, the two most common types of larceny would be motor vehicle theft and shoplifting. They rose 8% in 2022, but are 6% lower than 2019. Where we've seen a big increase, though, is motor vehicle theft. Motor vehicle theft increased 21% in 2022 and is 59% higher than 2019. The FBI estimates that $7.4 billion was lost due to motor vehicle theft in 2020. The number of carjackings is up 24%. And the number of catalytic converter thefts has skyrocketed. There's a 290% increase in insurance claims between 2022 and 2020 for individuals having their catalytic converter stolen from their car. Catalytic converters contain platinum, rhodium, and and palladium, these rare earth metals that are more valuable than gold. These thieves can sell these catalytic converters for up to $250 at a a metal recycler, but if it's a hybrid, it, it can be up to $800. So generally speaking, the overall trend in property crime is down with the exception of catalytic converter and motor vehicle theft. So we've seen a spike the last year But the the trend is definitely down since the 1990s. But my perception and the perception of most people is it's up. Gallup does a survey every year since 1993. And in 20 out of their 24 surveys, it shows that 60% of the adults believe that crime nationally is higher than the year before. Since 1993, but it's actually been going down. Although when they're asked about crime in their own community, less than 50% say it's higher than the prior year. So I didn't realize crime has been on a downward trend nationally. And then it raises the question is, why? Why was crime down? And if we knew why it was down, maybe those same reasons are why it has spiked at least some violent crime, auto theft, even though overall property crime continues down, at least through 2021. We'll talk about the retail side, retail stores and shoplifting here in a few minutes. There appears to have been a spike there, least anecdotally based on what stores are saying in their quarterly earnings calls. The theory behind why crime goes down or increases is based on the idea of how we behave under uncertainty. And individuals rationally look at the benefit of committing a crime versus the cost of of engaging in that activity, whether they get caught, and that there's things that could influence that, potentially how attractive it is that what they call the illegal labor market. I've not heard of that term. Or, you know, how does income equality or unemployment or other demographics impact that? There was a report in 2015 by the Brennan Center for Justice titled, What Caused the Crime Decline? The Brennan Center for Justice is a nonpartisan law and policy institute. And my first thought is, well, 
crime is going down because there are fewer younger people as a percent of the population. And I seems like I read that many years ago in a Malcolm Gladwell book looking at the decline in crime. It is true that in the 90s and the 80s, there was a decrease in young people as a percentage of the population. And the, the data suggests that 2 to 3% of the crime drop in the 1990s can be attributed to a decrease in individuals aged 15 to 30. So only 2 to 3%, maybe up to 5% based on the confidence range. So I thought it would be more than that, but it wasn't. In fact, as we go through these things, there isn't anything that disproportionately says why crime dropped. If we look at incarceration rates, clearly as more people were imprisoned, crime dropped. But just because there's that correlation doesn't mean that's what caused it. Because during the 70s, crime was increasing as was incarceration. Now, the the data suggests that about 6% of the reduction in property crime in the 1990s was due to increasing incarceration. But there are diminishing returns. As more criminals are locked up, there, there isn't a, necessarily a big drop in crime. And the risk of that is there, you know, back in the 80s, the three strikes are out rule that was there in many areas of the country caught up criminals, but put them, put them in prison for life. I have a friend that served for over 30 years for three robberies, not violent robberies, just drug-related teenager stuff. Over 30 years in prison. He finally got out a couple years ago uh, because an attorney sort of finally went in front of the judge to, to, get, the, to get him released. I mean, that, that's, that's an incredibly long time to be in prison for not having committed a violent crime. So there is some connection there, but that doesn't explain most of the drop in crime. The, the right to carry guns hasn't had any impact on the drop in crime. The unemployment rate, so economic factors, seem to have a modest impact. So if there are fewer jobs, then that looks like it accounted for about 2% of the drop in crime in the 90s. But during the great financial crisis, when unemployment spiked, there wasn't a big jump in crime during 2008 and 2009. Consumer confidence, how confident, I guess, potential criminals are in being able to get a job that leads them to steal things. That has a a very small effect. Alcohol consumption does impact crime rates. As there's more per capita alcohol consumption, crime rates go up. But looking at the data, alcohol consumption is basically, after dropping in the 90s, is kind of held steady. And then finally, one that I was had never heard of this, the idea that unleaded gas, because gasoline had lead in it for decades, it potentially led to lower IQs and more violent behavior. And so as the U.S. switched to disallowing leaded gas and and went to unleaded, that we had a generation then that wasn't exposed to leaded gas, and that led to the crime rate. And that's controversial, but some of the data supports that, yeah, the lack of leaded gas led to a drop in crime. So we don't know entirely. It's multifaceted. We don't know why it dropped over 50% property crime and violent crime, which means when we have some data that sees it going in a different direction, for example, murders were up 28% in 2020 compared to 2019. 
And so we've seen a, a, a jump in murders, and it's, it's just too soon, because if we don't, we can't figure it out after decades exactly why crime is decreasing to see a spike in a particular element. It'll take years to figure it out. Before we continue, let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I know in our business, having the right candidates for the job is critical to keep our business running smoothly. Now, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com David. That's linkedin.com David to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's just nice to sit back, relax, maybe even take a nap. That's not what you want your money to be doing. You want it to be working hard for you, earning interest, generating returns. That's where the Betterment Automated Investing and Savings app can help. Betterment's technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize returns. They have diversified portfolios of low-cost ETFs that have been constructed by experts. High-yield cash accounts, where your money can earn 11 times the national average and automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. These tools can help you reach your savings and investing goals. Betterment is a fiduciary. That means it's their job to act in your best interest. They will never recommend an investment or give you guidance unless they believe it will help you reach your financial goals. So visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about the high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed, Cash reserves offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. On our Money for the Rest of Us Plus forums, this is our premium membership community. If you want to learn more about investing, we have a, a forum there where we have a number of discussions. And a member asked about shrinkage, which is a, a retail term for the retail industry about inventory that gets lost. So it gets stolen or well, I guess it just gets lost also. They, they send it to the wrong place. Could be damaged. Basically, inventory that isn't sold because it's stolen, lost, or damaged. And if we look at the recent earnings calls and step back, a forum member wanted us to talk about it and was, had heard a number of these earnings calls and reports about retailers such as Target, Walmart, and Home Depot are saying our earnings were negatively impacted by shrink or shrinkage. Target CEO Brian Cornell said an unacceptable amount of retail theft and organized retail crime was presenting a huge challenge. That the CFO Michael Fidelk said that disappearance of merchandise resulted in a $400 million reduction in Target's gross profit for the year. He said shrink in the second quarter remained consistent with our expectations, but well above the sustainable level where we expect to operate over time. Walmart's CEO John Ferner in the U.S. said shrinkage had risen slightly in 2023. 
following an increase in the prior year. Home Depot said their profit margins were hurt by retail theft. There definitely seems to be an uptick in organized retail crime, so gang crimes, particularly the smash and grab all at once. For example, Target's Cornell said that their store saw a 120% increase in theft incidents involving violence or threats of violence. The most comprehensive data set I could see on this shrinkage and impact is the National Retail Security Survey by the National Retail Federation. They have done this annually. They're scheduled to release the, their next one later this month, but the most recent one we have is for fiscal year 2021, going back to fiscal year 2016. This is what surprised me. If we look at the inventory shrink percentage of total retail sales, the average is basically stayed the same. In fact, the average was 1.4% for fiscal year 2021, the same as 2016, but less than 2020 when it was 1.6%. The median's been about the same too, at 1.2%. So the actual shrinkage across the industry as a percentage of sales hasn't increased. Yet there's all this anecdotal evidence that it has. Now that could be maybe this year and it'll show up in the survey, which will be released later this month. Now, in that 2021 survey, respondents saw a 27% increase in organized retail crime incidents, and 8 of 10 saw an increase in violence. So the thefts have become more violent, but the impact as a percentage of sales hasn't really increased. A different data set, Jack L. Hayes International, this is a loss prevention consulting firm, they report that large retailers have apprehended 50% more shoplifters in 2022 compared to the prior year. So it could be happening. I mean, clearly an organized retail crime is increasing, but the impact on the bottom line, at least based on survey data, isn't showing up yet, even though retailers are saying it's having an impact. It is having an impact on retail workers, though. The turnover in retail workers was 70% turnover prior to the pandemic. Now it's 95%. Partly, that's a tough business to work in. The clients just aren't as nice as they were. You have to deal potentially with increased shoplifting and then just the sheer boredom of having to unlock toothpaste and all these things that are now being locked up in some stores in higher crime areas. Bottom line then, the overall trend in property crime has been down in the United States the last few decades. The reasons why are not entirely clear. It's a combination of things. Partly higher incarceration rates has had an impact. Fewer young people has a small impact. Less alcohol consumption has an impact. Maybe gasoline, a lack of lead gas, but there isn't. It would be nice if we could just say, it's just that there's fewer young people. But that isn't it because the percentage of young people hasn't really changed very much in the last decade. But it is possible that in the last year or so, there's been a change. Higher crime rates, and we don't know why, particularly in some higher crime areas such as Oakland, based on what we've seen there, including what LaPrille and I have experienced. When we don't know what's happening, but there's a threat or there's uncertainty, our response should be to to modify our exposure, reduce our exposure to the potential risk. And it's something that I'm sure you do. And we've done is we, you just don't leave things in the car or make sure they're in the trunk. But if they're in the trunk, it shouldn't be a laptop that's sending off a Bluetooth signal. The thieves can detect that. 
And we did that on our trip. It's just we were returning to the airport. We have purchased a catalytic converter cover to put over the Prius that our daughter and son-in-law have to protect that. One of the things, the new rules of thumb for me, is to check reviews of gas stations where I think I might be filling up in an unknown area, particularly returning a rental car to the airport. And, and maybe even if it makes sense to prepay gas. I, I find it annoying, unless they've changed the rules, when you prepay gas for a rental car, they charge you for the entire tank of gas. And at least at Fox rent a car, the price that they were quoting to refill the entire tank was basically the same price as the, the local gas station. Although, had I prepaid it, then our car wouldn't have been smashed. But I checked the reviews, and you check the reviews of this particular gas station, and there's listing after listing of, of individuals that were robbed. Now, why the police aren't targeting that particular station is, I, I just don't know. Or set up a sting operation, and it, we don't know. And then the fourth thing is just to be aware. If we don't feel comfortable, if something in our intuition says, get away, then get away. Or don't, don't go there. But just be aware of, you know, there's parts of our brain that are way smarter than the rational parts. And apparently there are parts of my brain that haven't rehearsed what to do if somebody is smashing the back window of your car. It was stupid to get out and chase the person. But again, it was, it was a pure adrenaline. All I had to do was drive away. I was right there, but I didn't. I ran because I did not want my things stolen and our, and our bags were heavy, but I didn't want to lose. I, that one bag that was most easy for them to get had laptop in there, iPad, Kindle, and I just reacted and that, that I made the wrong choice. And I'm super glad that the individual didn't pull out a weapon on me or something of that sort. He, he ran. So crime is down over the decades. There's some evidence it has increased recently, and we don't know why. So be aware. That's episode 447. Thanks for listening. I have loved teaching you about investing on this podcast for over nine years. Some topics, though, are just better explained in writing or with a chart. And that's why we have a weekly free email newsletter, The Insider's Guide. In that newsletter, I share charts, graphs, and other materials that can help you better understand investing. It's some of the most important writing I do each week. That's why I spend a couple hours on that newsletter on Wednesday morning, as I try to share something that will be helpful to you. If you're not on the list, please subscribe. Go to moneyfortherestofus.com to subscribe to the free Insider's Guide weekly email newsletter. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I've not considered your specific risk situation. I've not provided investment advice. This is simply general education on money, investing in the economy. Have a great week.